Hello, everybody. I'm Nikki. And I'm Tyler. And this is Page Turners. And Button Mashers. Welcome back, everybody. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I hope that noise just irritates a few people. I yeah, really do. Yeah, I, you'll understand about, uh, like, what that's about later. Um... <laughs> That's Tyler's report. Uh, so how's everybody been? We want to hear from you. We want to see how you're doing. My week's been interesting. I don't think they can reply back, though. Yeah, they will. It'll be fine. Comment on our Twitter how you're doing today. <laughs> we'll tell you about that later, too. <laughs> no, tell them about it now. <laughs> right now. No. Okay. I don't want to. So today, you... I've got a new book. Got a new book? I got a new book. It's not that new of a book. I've read this book four times. <laughs> Jeez, okay. Actually, including this past week, it'll be five or six. I lost count because I read it when I was like 17. Okay. And then 16. <laughs> not you went that back in time to read it? I know. It's crazy. It was that good. <laughs> okay, so today my book is called Assassin by Anna Myers. Um, it's a fairly short book. It follows the story of a girl named Bella, who is an assistant to the dressmaker for Mary Todd Lincoln. Uh, of course, the president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln at the time. Yeah, not the current. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I'm going to keep that one to myself. <laughs> no comment. Uh, we are also introduced to John Wilkes Booth, who prefers in his story to just be called Booth. Or, actually, he prefers to be called Wilkes. I call him Booth because... I watched Bones, and my brain keeps saying Booth. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. So, fair warning to everybody. Uh, Booth is very much a racist piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, he makes You it don't very, say! Yeah, he makes it very obvious. Him? No way. <laughs> uh, he makes it very obvious of the gate. Um, he's for the South and their belief system of not being part of the North whatsoever. He actually says some pretty racist stuff sometimes during this book, so I, I will try my best not to repeat it. And if I do repeat it, uh, it's not my beliefs. So, story begins with Bella, at eight years old, being taken to live with her grandmother in Washington, D.C. Well, Washington City is what they called it at the time. Oh. Her grandmother was a seamstress to the president and his niece. At this point in the story, it was President Buchanan. Her wow. mother had just passed away, and her father decided on a whim that he could not take care of her. So they leave shortly after their mother's funeral on the road, and he tells his mother-in-law the news of her daughter's passing, and uh, basically tells Bella that she will be sent for when he can. Oh. It, it doesn't happen. It, he never comes back. He becomes a drunk, loses his money to gambling, his business tanks, and grandmother began, decides to uh, keep Bella... And send her to school. Okay. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Guy's a drunk drop, or what's the word? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> just deadbeat, that's the one. Deadbeat dad. Yeah. Uh, also, who who decides that after your wife dies that I can't take care of this child? <laughs> I'm just going to drop her off with her grandmother. grandmother. Oh, by the way, your grandmother doesn't know that your mother died and her only child it, it, like her mother was her only child her grandmother's only child she's wow. like oh yeah your only child died by the way here's your granddaughter bye 
people that can't take care of their kid after their uh, spouse passes away, uh, they weren't meant to have kids. No, no, it wasn't great. Although this was back in the time when... It was like 1800s. When, like, men didn't take care of kids at all. Like, yeah, they it, barely saw their kids. It was kids, 1800s. So. I don't know. Anyway. So, Bella begins school, where she meets a boy named Steven. <gasps> they... Don't get <laughs> They become extremely close, and Steven was in charge of taking Bella to the White House to meet her grandmother after school every day. All During right. this time, Bella is also taught to sew by her grandmother. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mind you, Bella's first love is the theater. Oh. Yeah. There's this, like, cute story, which also involves Wilkes, where she was, like, a little kid, and her mom was coming into the theater, and Wilkes ran in front of them to open the door for them. Oh. And that was her memory of him. Good guy Wilkes. At first. (laughs) For a moment. Yeah, for just one moment. Her grandmother, however, believes that the theater is a trashy place for a fine young lady, even going as far to say that, quote, all actors were drunkards and all actresses were loose women. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I know. I was like, a little harsh there, grandmother. Uh, She tells her that at least with sewing, she can have a great ability and a way to make a good income. Yeah. Grandma knows best. Apparently. So... Bella continues to learn and grow, and when she learns that Buchanan will no longer be the president, uh, her grandmother and Stephen... I did not say that right. Ignore me, guys. I'm reading my notes, and I can't read today. Uh, She eventually learns that Buchanan is no longer going to be president. Okay. Her grandmother and Stephen, because this kid was, like, super smart... Uh, find out that a man by the name of Lincoln and his family are moving into the White House. A man. (laughs) That's how they said it. Bella becomes super nervous um, because she heard that Mary Todd Lincoln was, like, super harsh. Not very nice, and they also hear that Inkling... Uh, Whoa. They got an inkling for Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) They also heard that Lincoln himself is, like, ugly and not very smart. Yeah, Rumors in the 1800s didn't go very far. (laughs) I heard he has a beard. Whoa! Yeah. So they decide to go to his inauguration to see for themselves. They end up loving everything he said about fairness and equality for all. They were just like, we like him. He's he's a good guy. He's a good seed (laughs) in our book. Right on. So streets go quiet for a little while after the inauguration. And Bella finally hears news of the Lincolns. Finding out that the kids were wild and free inside the building, having fun as children do, and Lincoln himself... Damn kids. Yeah. Lincoln (laughs) loved his children so very much, and Bella was very happy to hear about that. The grandmother, at one point, uh, actually mentioned, she's like, seen them? They're all over the place! (laughs) It's probably one of my favorite things that she says. So next day, Stephen and Bella go on... To meet the boys. They become really good friends with Willie, who was 10 at the time, and Tad, who was 8. Okay. Uh, at this time, Bella turns 10, and Stephen is a year older than her, so he's 11. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they play with him a lot. A short while after that, the Civil War begins. Oh. Yeah. Bella watched as everything changed in the White House. Stephen ends up actually going to boarding school 
since he was actually too smart for the school that they were attending. The teacher straight up said, I can't teach you anything more. <laughs> so he's like, you're too smart. Go go to a boarding nice school. Nice job on the teacher on that part. Hey. Like, understanding, hey, no, you're too smart yes. for me. Like, go. <laughs> yes. And by the time Stephen was 13 and Bella was 12, they had separated. Bella, at this time, takes over for her grandmother, Ooh. who develops rheumatism. Oh. In the White House, and as the seamstress to the head seamstress, you know. Yeah. Um, I did that last one too. So while Stephen goes off to school, Bella becomes really good friends with Lily Lincoln. Unfortunately, uh, in this story, it also follows the storyline of the true death of Lily Lincoln. They had made promises to each other, where Lily writes her a poem, and she was supposed to sew him a blue handkerchief because he really wanted a a blue handkerchief for the union since that was their uh, soldiers colors mm-hmm. and she manages to sew it for him right before he like passes away oh. and he sees she sees it in his casket it was completely sad oh my yeah, god like my heart broke i was like no oh. so he catches ill has a fever and dies from his illnesses tad did actually also get sick but he he got better okay so during the war, now Lincoln lost his son. Yeah. He has a war going on. Literally is, like, stressed out. He's like, I don't want war. I just want peace. And Bella starts to understand what it truly means to be lonely at this point. Then one day, she confesses to the head seamstress, Mrs. Keckley, that's her name, that she truly desires to be on the stage. Uh, Mrs. Keckley says that she should help with the costuming at the theater. Bella considers this, then Stephen comes back for a visit. He takes her out on the town wanting to be more than friends at this point. Mm -hmm. They're like 14 at this point, they're kids, but it's cute. And he buys her a ticket to the fourth theater, since he has to leave the next day. Oh, okay. Yeah. He he only does like one day appearances, it's really weird. (laughs) Hello, bye. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, She gets excited to go to the show. Uh, she enjoys herself, makes herself known to the head seamstress of the Ford, Miss Lily, where she eventually meets a Mr. J. Wilkes Booth. Ooh. Meanwhile, we get to hear everything that uh, Wilkes feels about the coming of Lincoln's. He hates Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> he believes him to be an extremely un-American in wanting to give, quote-unquote, the darkies freedom. Wow. Yeah. He believes that the South is completely right to secede from the Union and that the slaves are better off as slaves since they are taken care for. He also believes that the songs they sung were songs of joy and happiness to be working in the fields and have such a great life. Yep, that's totally <laughs> what they're singing about. Wow. What a fucking dick. Anyway, he honestly believes that Lincoln is the actual devil this whole time and Mm. uh that his greatness will come from stopping him at all costs yeah it's great booth even attempted to join the confederacy as a soldier until his mother begged him not to join he agreed only because he loved his mama that much what a good guy i know and kept to acting but the stopping of his becoming a soldier never stopped him from spewing spewing his rhetoric along the northern states of the united states he ironically also ends up falling in love with Lucy Hale, the daughter of Senator of New Hampshire, an abolitionist. 
Oh. Yeah. He didn't care. He loved her. He wanted to marry her. She said if he can keep it in his pants while she was away in Spain for a year, then maybe. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, mind you, John Wilkes Booth What was, a deal, though. I know. Like... John Wilkes Booth was a notorious, like, playboy. He was the most attractive man in the United States at the time. He was an actor. Every woman wanted him. He liked to charm women and really like to mess with their feelings just so he could get what he wanted and that's what she was saying she was basically like just keep it in your fucking pants and we'll be fine um that's awesome so he tried to keep that promise he tried. was terrible I... <laughs> about it uh since he was such a pretty playboy he kept to- toying with women's feelings for him he never like dated any other woman but he like led them on a lot I keep my promise. Yeah, you kept your promise. <laughs> then he meets Bella. She introduces herself with her full first name as Arabella. Oh. Yeah. Tells him her story of having been from Richmond, Virginia, which is the capital of the Confederacy at this point. Oh. So he thinks that she's also a huge supporter of the South, since her father also happens to have decided to fight for the Confederacy. She's not. <laughs> and he learns that she is the is his best access to lincoln himself wow so he comes up with a little plan um doing a little scheming yeah he basically uses his charm and acting skills to help to convince bella sorry to help him with quote unquote something wonderful and invites her to dinner he pretends he's her friend and decides that he and quite a few other southerners camping in the north we're going to try and kidnap Abraham Lincoln. Bella's part in this is to report to the base camp. A woman named Mrs. Surratt has this boarding house, and her son is actually a southern spy. Oh. Yeah. To Mr. Surratt that President Lincoln was heading to the soldier's home, which is a private homestead that Lincoln used to take a break. Okay. Yeah. And that was it. They were going to take over from there. Oh. Now... Bella didn't like this plan. Yeah. I wonder why. She wasn't a Southern supporter. She liked Mr. Lincoln. She didn't want to do it, but he charmed the pants off of her. Well, the skirts up of her, I guess. Um, and... (laughs) And... (laughs) That was a really stupid joke. I'm sorry. Oh, that was wonderful. And she ended up reporting, as he planned, that Mr. Lincoln was heading to the soldier's home. She felt all sorts of guilty... Uh, she was scared, but she was convinced that this was important to Wilkes, so it was important to her. Mm-hmm. Besides, her father was a prisoner of war at this point, and Wilkes convinced her that all he was going to do was ransom the president for the freedom of the 35,000 Southern prisoners. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's all he wanted to do. Sure, that's it. So, Wilkes sets up his camp near the soldier's homestead, and Lincoln never shows up. <laughs> nice. He wakes up, angry, confused. Then a newsboy appears with the news. The Confederates had lost Richmond, their capital. The war was over. The South lost. Naturally. Spoiler alert. Yeah, Yeah, because we are two separate nations attached at the hip. Um, It feels like it sometimes. I, I know. Anyway, naturally he was pissed. Yeah. To the point that he went back to the hotel that he'd been staying at all while acting in the city. 
only to end up crying and drinking all night to quell his sorrows. He even contemplated suicide for a moment. I mean, it would have been a gift, but, you know, history. This was when he decided that he could still be a hero to the South, that he could get rid of the tyrant called Lincoln. He didn't know how yet, until it was found out that Lincoln was going to be at the Ford Theater for a comedy later. I love how he refers to Lincoln. Lincoln. Everybody, like, we know Lincoln. Just refers to him as a tyrant. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's weird, because it's like, this man, and they show it in the book a lot, he loved his son, and his heart completely broke. And there was a point where Lucy actually mentioned to Wilkes that, no, I've seen him. He was actually quite broken. And Wilkes goes, yeah, right. I bet he's putting on a really good show for everyone. I'm like, I'm pretty sure his son dying is a painful experience for any father. Nah. (laughs) Jerk. So, uh, he... Where was I? Real quick, I just want, like, if there's an artsy person listening, if you can draw Tyrant Lincoln, please do. <laughs> like, I want to see that. I know. I want to see what Wilkes was saying. It's just, it makes no sense. Because I can't imagine it. Just Lincoln. Um, ugh. So, Wilkes goes to the theater. He watched theater members set up the box that Lincoln and his wife were going to sit in. Mm-hmm. They were said to have two more guests, but it was General someone or other, but I can't remember. You can read the book for that. <laughs> read yourself. <laughs> and he decided that there was a perfect aim to Lincoln. He needed to drill a hole in the wall right behind where he was going to sit. He went to go find a drill when Bella showed up. <gasps> Bella, during this whole time of his meltdown, learns of the Northern victory. She is super relieved to hear that Lincoln didn't go anywhere near where he was supposed to, and he was safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, The prisoners were to be released, and everything was to be good, you know? Yeah. Uh, She also decided to find Wilkes to tell him that she was relieved of this, which she did. He didn't handle her interference well. (laughs) He ends up pulling his revolver on her, ties her up, drags her down to the basement of the theater where there was a shiffer robe sitting, gags her, and leaves her in there. He tells her of his plan to shoot Lincoln and how she would know exactly of when it happened since she would be able to hear it through the floors. Wow. Yeah. He was just like, I really hope you don't suffer, like, suffocate in here, but, like, you might die of dehydration first. It's like, wow. What a guy. Um, he finalizes the details of his plan, drills a a hole where he wanted to be able to see Lincoln. He actually goes back down to drill some holes in the shiffer robe, so he's like, so Bella can breathe. It's like, oh, what a guy. (laughs) That's the, like, equivalent of punching holes in a box so the frog can breathe when you got, like, a shoebox with a frog in it. Yeah. Yeah. It it does. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Great. Yeah. And then he goes back to the uh, Surrett home. His friends gather, and he gives other instructions for the others to complete. One friend was to kill Vice President Andrew Johnson. Oh. Yep, and the other was supposed to kill Secretary of State William Seward. Mrs. Surrett was to deliver guns, whiskey, and field glass to the tavern that she owned 13 miles from the city. Then he went out to dinner with Lucy, who had just returned from her trip. Acting as if 
everything was just fine. Then the evening arrived. Booth's plan went as he hoped, on his part, at least. Shot Lincoln, jumped off the balcony, broke his leg because he tripped on the American flag that was hanging from it. Uh, <laughs> That's yelled, awesome. Six Semper Tyrannis to the theater and ran, which apparently was state motto of Virginia, and it's supposed to mean thus always with tyrants. Oh. Yeah. He left through the back of the theater where he had a horse waiting for him and managed to run for three miles without interruption. A getaway horse. A getaway horse. <laughs> yeah. His, he had a horse waiting for him. <laughs> apparently his horse at home was named Cola. And he whispered, like, this weird phrase to the horse where it was just like, let's go, buddy. And let's go, buddy. Yeah, to the horse, just like he would do to his home horse back home. I'm like, what a weirdo. Oh. <laughs> I, I know. The horses are connected. <laughs> <laughs> he, he ran three miles. Uh, then he got stopped at a bridge. That was technically supposed to be closed off to the city, like entering and exiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave an exa- like he gave an excuse as to why he needed to leave. Just said that he was from a different county. Uh, they let him go. He ran another eight miles and met a boy named Davy. Davy. That was waiting for him. So this boy told him the news of the other plans. One friend didn't get to kill Seward, only injured him, since other members of the household interfered. And the other man ended up getting drunk selling the gun he was supposed to kill Johnson with. Oh. Yeah, they found him in an alley. He was completely off his ass. He okay. Was, he was done. <laughs> um, off his ass. Yeah. I don't, I, you know what that means. I know. Like, <laughs> you've seen people where they're just like stumbling and drunk. They're just like, I sold it. It's fine. I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> I sold it. Davy and Wilkes end up riding together until the pain of Wilkes's broken leg became too much for him. They stopped at a doctor that he had been to before. I think Mr. Mudd is what his name is. Wow. Yeah, M-U-D-D. Mr. Mudd. Like the 90s jeans brand for women. (laughs) Um, Sorry, not women. Tweens. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the clarification. You're welcome. So... They stopped at the doctor. He ends up resetting the leg, which is broken two inches above the ankle, and gave him something for the pain. Wilkes then passes out. Now, it gets really weird. Booth is kind of in a constant state of fever from infection while they're, like, trying to run. They leave this doctor's house, hide in some fields for a couple days, and Booth wanted nothing more than newspapers to see what kind of heroic story was written about him for having the bravery to kill the president. Well, he got those newspapers, and uh, he didn't like what they said. Every word on that paper mentioned how he was a cowardly, crazy man to think that acting in defense of the South in this manner was good, when in reality it forced him to become the worst enemy of the Southern people. Wow. Yeah. He legitimately thought that people were going to applaud him for his actions, and he was outraged that the South that he devoted his life to denounced him. What do you mean I suck? I helped you. (laughs) That's literally his thought process at this point. So he decided, again, this man is in a state of fever delusion, to write 
about all that he had done and how he had justified as reasonable justified it sorry as reasonable stating quote i did not repent what i had done god i said had simply made me the instrument of his punishment i wrote that it was for god to judge me not man end quote wow yeah it's like pass out dude already we're, we're done with you anyway he goes even further into delusion he literally ends up seeing this last part of his life as a play wow. like scenes of a play it's like the scene opens up <laughs> like he literally says that so davy takes him into a tobacco shed where they tried to rest but ended up cornered by soldiers they told him to come out wilkes tells davy that they weren't to surrender so the soldiers set the shed on fire. Davy runs out and surrenders as the flames rise high. Oh. Booth yells about he will never surrender. He didn't want to be taken alive. Then he was shot. <laughs> right through the neck. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. The soldiers came in, pulled him out. <laughs> like, I'm not to be taken alive. <laughs> I'm not to be taken alive. <laughs> <laughs> soldiers came in pulled him out and um he bled out on a straw mattress on the front porch of this uh, farm oh. farm owner's house he asked them like his one of his a few of his last words were to tell his mother that he died for his country oh and at one point like way before this when he finds out the news he turns to Davey and said what we did was useless completely useless so he dies whispering useless. I'm just like, yeah, you are, buddy. Useless. <laughs> yeah. Back at the Ford Theater. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that sound isn't copyrighted. <laughs> Probably is. Uh, Bella, during this whole time of his escape, does end up hearing the screaming and commotion from above her. She twists and pulls on the rope that is around her wrists. It causes her to bleed from the rubbing, but she manages to get her hands free. Then she pulls her scissors from her pocket. She completely forgot, like, that she had scissors on her. Removes the gag from her mouth, chisels out a hole big enough to stick her finger through to unlatch the shipper rope, and escapes. Oh. Yeah. She ends up leaving the ford through a rear door, where she watches six men carry Lincoln out, and to the boarding house across the street. She literally just goes home. She's shaken. She doesn't. She doesn't want to like think about it, and it was really, really sad because she had trusted Wilkes. Yeah. And you know now her favorite president so far has been shot. Mm-hmm. Um. Time goes by, and she learns that everyone from the Ford has been arrested for questioning over the assassination. Okay. Uh, she'd been lucky because she wasn't a full-time worker of the Ford. She literally like helped out the seamstress a couple nights a week for tickets to the theater that's all she did wow Mm -hmm. so nobody knew that she was the last person that they needed she ends up getting work in a another small theater as a seamstress and she writes steven a letter about how they needed to talk about what had happened between wilkes her and him and that she was sorry and side note since they were basically dating he decided to show up at one point while she was out with booth when they were trying to do this plan uh and she blew him off oh yeah he he showed up to the restaurant and was like oh you look beautiful what are you doing here and she was like oh i'm here with a friend 
and he's like, well, can you meet me after dinner if you're not doing it? She's like, well, we have stuff to do. And he's like, I came all the way out here from a completely different state to just see you for mm-hmm. a night. I'll and be gone in, in the morning. And back in the day, like... It was a lot of travel, man. Yeah, I mean, given the Midwestern, like, oh, why would we fly? It's only a 12-hour drive, like, yeah. but for them, it's like it took weeks to do. It was a very long time. Yeah. Uh, so obviously he wasn't happy. Bella ends up getting a small part in a show in the theater where she ends up seeing Steven in the crowd. They end up meeting after the show and she apologizes so much and everything about the plan that had happened with Wilkes just kind of comes spilling out. Mm-hmm. He basically tells her, I told you so, about Wilkes. Nice. And she decides that she needs to confess to Secretary of Defense Stanton. He was like, no, you'll die. Uh, Mrs. Surratt and all the other people who were involved with Wilkes ended up being hung. Yeah. All right. But she decided that she needed to do it anyway. So they do. And Stanton was very much lenient in making her believe that he didn't believe her Mm -hmm. to let her go. Since she didn't originally want to even be a part of it. She was like, no, he doesn't believe me. I need I need to go back and tell him. Steven's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> he gave you an out. Otherwise, you'll be dead. Let's go. You know? So she continues on with her life. She remembers the Lincolns, how she knew she was tricked by the handsome devil named Booth. So she decided to visit the Ford for one last time. Nothing changed from the day of Lincoln's assassination. She gets her time to reflect on everything, how it must have played out. She realized her mistakes, how she wishes to carry on, and she leaves the Ford for the last time. And that's where the story ends. Wow. Yeah, it was one heck of a ride. It, yeah, sounds it, Jesus. Um, obviously, I left out quite a few details. You guys are welcome to read the book. Again, it's Assassin by Anna Myers. Again, it's a short book. It's yeah, a short it's, book. it's very thin. I read it in, like, con- con- consecutively, maybe, like, 18 hours. Yeah. It was like that was with a lot of breaks. Yeah, so it's it's not a long book at all. I mean, I watched her read it and like <laughs> you literally watched me read it. <laughs> part of the way through, she's like, "Look at how close I am to being done," and it was just like the thinnest bit layer. Yeah, yeah. But it's a very good book, and I do have to really push the fact that this is historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not everything happened in this book, but they did take a lot of bits of history. Yeah. And um, she did really well, in my opinion. I really loved this Yeah, book. it sounds very cool. So on pages turned, uh, I'll give this one like a seven out Ooh, of ten pages okay. turned. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, there were some parts where they kept going back and forth between their stories, which made it a little harder for me to report on, which is fine. I can deal with it. But <laughs> it was one of those moments that it's like, I really love this story. But there were some details that I kind of wish they went in a little further in, like Willie's timeline. I kind of went, wish that they talked more about him and his personality. But other than that, I loved it. And that is my portion of this report. All right. Well, we are going to take a short break and we will be right back. Yeah. Woo. And welcome back. <laughs> Are you a game show host? Yes. Oh, Come on down. <laughs> I mean, technically, this is a game show. Partially a gaming show. And I'm a host. 
<laughs> Stop your My lifelong dream is come alive. Thank you, Vanna. Uh, <laughs> I just need to give you a really pretty sparkly dress. Can I have one of those, like, sequin, like, tuxedo jackets <laughs> that they had in, like, the 80s for game shows? No, why not? Hell yeah. All right. All right. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Woohoo. Um, so, yeah, your book was intense. Thanks. We're going to a little more, well, I'm not sure a chill level would be a way to say this, but... Not that chill. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, there's not really much in gaming news that I'm sure none of, or all of you have heard, so... I'm not too surprised right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, Animal Crossing came out, the new one did. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was just released, and... Everybody and their mother is playing it, and we want it so bad and haven't gotten it yet, <laughs> but, so... But here I am playing the new, or the old Animal Crossing, like, first one on GameCube, so... Hey, whatever works, yeah. man. It's better. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> it's better. Um, so, the game that I am reporting on, I guess, this week is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh my god. It. It's such a beautiful game. I finally got it for Christmas, and I made him play it, and he was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I don't understand, like, yeah, I realize it came out, th like, three-ish years ago. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it came out it uh, March 3rd, 2017, and on the Wii U, and then it, when the Switch came out, it was uh, up, uh, released on that as well when it came out. Um, I realized that it came out, like, three years ago, but... It should be talked about more. It's 2017. That's what I said. Yep. <laughs> I have notes. <laughs> so, the fact that it's just not talked about right now, I get that it's a older game, but, like, it's such a good game. I haven't even beat it yet, and I'm just so invested in it. Yeah. It it's... is gorgeous. It is so engaging. It's not like any other Legend of Zelda experience that I've had, at least. And I honestly play a lot more Zelda than you do. Yeah. Um, It's comparative to, like, comparing it to, I should say, like, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and, like, Between Worlds. This is nothing like that. No. It's, it's so much more. Oh my god, it is so good. Uh, so, just for a little reference, the type of game that it is, it's a single-player action-adventure. I thought it was an RPG game. When I looked it up, it is action, or classified as action-adventure, so, pretty cool. And yeah, it's essentially what it is. It's full of adventure, and there's a lot of <laughs> action, action that yeah. goes on, yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually found out uh, some cool things. It's uh, won three awards in 2017 for Game of the Year, Best oh. Game Direction, and then best action adventure game, and then it was nominated for a number of others. Like, yeah, it's critically acclaimed to be a fantastic game. It is. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, kind of how you start out the game is you wake up in this like cool, really cool temple. Like uh, you're it, in a pool of water. Yeah, in like <laughs> this EDM temple. It's like a bad night at a... Okay, there's a lot of neon. <laughs> there really is. If you it's woke up to though. the sound of... It wouldn't be weird. <laughs> In that temple, it'd be fine. You'd be like, yeah, this is normal. Oh, man. And you get a... Uh, you wake up to a woman's voice, I presume... Well, you... Yes. It's it's Zelda. 
Yeah. Yeah, to be like, wake up, Link. <laughs> yeah, after you get through the, you'll tell him about that. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> yeah, you wake up and she gives you a a tablet. It looks like the Switch, which is super adorable. It looks, it's called a Shika Stone. Shika. Shika Stone. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Linguistics. <laughs> It's, yeah, argue uh, with me about linguistics about a game I've been playing for a while. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Sheikah Stone. You, Stone. you didn't even know Zelda was sh- Sheik in older Zelda. Whatever. <laughs> so, you get this uh, Sheikah Stone. You just kind of walk out, and you're just on this place called the Great Plateau. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't remember anything, but then you just meet this old man who... I love this old guy. Yeah. Every time he points, he uses his, like, staff to just point off in a direction. He's like, look at that! It's like, oh, okay. And you just find this, uh, these... Ho-ho! Ho-ho! Yeah, he keeps doing that. He, every time, just ho-ho! <laughs> so, you have to just, like, help him out with a few things, like going into a shrine, which you will find out very soon that... There are multiple, a lot of shrines in the game. Oh my god. And they're just like mini uh, puzzle dungeons. Yeah. Pungeons, if you would. Pungeons! (laughs) Yeah. The pun dungeon. I legitimately was super skeptical of this old man at first playing this game. She thought he was. She thought he was a bad guy. He's gonna kill you. He's gonna kill you. I'm like, (laughs) no, he's a good guy. I listen to too much True Grime, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's immediately bad in my book. Yeah. So, soon after, you, um, you know, you discover this tower, and these towers kind of remind me of Assassin's Creed. You get to the top, and you activate it, essentially, and it gives you a map of the area, which is very similar to Assassin's Creed, where you climb up to, like, a tower, synchronize, and then you can see the map. It's very reminiscent of that when you get to the top of the tower, except... Crazy thing about this game is, unlike other Legend of Zelda games, you have stamina. Yeah. Oh my god. And well, you have stamina in, like, uh, not not just Wind Waker, but... Oh yeah, uh, Wind Waker. There's, uh, they usually give you stamina, but you only ever need it for minor things or yeah. certain things. Yeah, like... Yeah, climbing stuff. Wh- which one's... Sky, Sky, Skyward Sword. Oh yeah, really I, I keep had, forgetting about that one. It had required you to use a lot of stamina. Yeah. So, yeah, but this one like stamina for everything. Sprinting causes stamina. Glide. You get a hang glider at some point. That's kind of whole the whole tutorial area, which is the Great Plateau. It teaches you how to do all that, and you get a hang glider, which allows you to leave the Great Plateau. And then you're kind of just, it gives you an idea of where to go, but you can literally do whatever you want. If you wanted to go take on the big boss man, who, of course, like any other uh, Zelda game, it's called, it's Ganon. But in this one, it's, he's called Calamity Ganon. Calamity Ganon. He looks like a big shadow dragon. <laughs> yeah, a really weird one. Yeah, and you're, you know... <laughs> And he's taken over Hyrule Castle. <laughs> as soon as you, like, meet Malt, anybody that's important to the story, they're just like, you have to do this because Zelda's holding him off on her own. And it's just like, I got it. <laughs> Thanks. 
So what they have you do is you gotta get back your memories, you gotta wake up the four divine beasts, and then you gotta defeat Ganon. Like, but there's so much you can do in the game that I haven't even touched any of the divine beasts. No. Like, you can, of course, go straight to them if you want, but I'm just like, let's activate all the towers and go to as many shrines as we can. Yeah, the the goal lately has been, like, let's make sure that this map is complete. Yeah. So we can actually see where we need to go. Exactly. <laughs> which is taking a bit of time, which is fine, because the world is so big. Yeah. And... Not to even mention that there's a DLC for this, too. Yeah, so which I have not played, but... We haven't gotten it, so it's crazy how huge this world even is. Yeah, and I do want to say, I haven't completed the game yet, so this is just, like, my initial thoughts of the game. My initial genu- genuine thoughts. <laughs> Years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's tend to be... That's how I tend to play games. It happens. <laughs> yeah. So, some notable things. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> I'm sure uh, there's this weird thing that, like, every time at night in the game, while you're just kind of running around, you will hear just out of nowhere, woohoo! Yeah. Like, every every couple of minutes, you just, woohoo! And it's like, ah, oh, I'm gonna kill this bird. You'll be in the middle of the desert, and you'll just hear, woohoo! Yeah. It's, we looked it up, we found out that it is just a, like, a, technically a bug. It glitched the game where, like, a soundbite got amplified so much. And just one soundbite, and it happens to be the one that makes you think that something's trying to call you. Yeah, woohoo! It's like, huh? Where? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, my goal has been to find this bird, but there's no bird. We want to kill it. It legitimately gets to the point where if you play it for, let's say, an hour, because you have a tendency of playing for, like, an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. Which is fine because there's a lot to do. Oh, God, yeah. But after you've heard, woohoo, like, <laughs> I need to build times, a campfire! <laughs> 18 times, and you're like, I'm going to kill that thing. I'm going to find but it, you and can't. I'm going to kill it, but you can't. You cannot <laughs> do a dang thing about it. And it makes you want to shake your TV but I'm not going to do Where that because I can't afford a new TV. So. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. I, oh, I love I, I love this and game. And something about like raging about this also makes it better. Yeah. And if you look up in the community, it's a, it's a thing people bond over. They're just like, what is it? And people are like, I want to kill it too. I don't know. I want it to die. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, the, like, main grunt enemy, like, the lowest level enemy that you can find are the Bacoblins. Yep. God, I love those things. They're, they just come, like, you'll be crouching, <laughs> you know, just walking around and they'll just, Hurr! it's like, oh, shit. And then they just run at you and you're like, oh, okay. The best experience I had. Until your sword explodes. Yeah. Yeah, weapons can break in this one, which is definitely new. And annoying. Yeah, so I... Best experience with Bacoblins for me was I climbed up this tall-ass tower, and there was just, like, this barrel that was a bomb. So I pick it up, and I just chuck it (laughs) off the ledge. And once it hits the ground, it lands right in between all the Bacoblins and explodes. They all go flying. (laughs) 
so I just use, like, my bombs. I just keep throwing them. We legitimately kept doing this for, I think, like, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Just watching them continuously explode. And the best part about it, when you throw one of your bombs down there, the, like, a Bokoblin will run up and try and kick it. But, of course, you are allowed to detonate it before they get there. So they run up to it, you detonate it, and they go flying again. <laughs> and if one sees that, they go, ah! and just start running. Yeah, it's really oh. funny. Oh, it's so good. Uh, something cool that this game did, the kind of, like, with whole new experiences, is the weapons breaking. Yeah. But along with that, they introduced hunting and cooking. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Yeah, so you can hunt and scavenge to your heart's desire and everything essentially has a use in the game yep so like uh there's special vegetables and fruits and like fungi that you can find and when you cook them they give you abilities like uh more stamina faster sprint uh better defense better attack cold resistance heat resistance but, but it doesn't have resistance to the chickens. No, not the cuckoos. <laughs> but <laughs> anything that you could, like, way more health. And some give you extra hearts. Like, yeah. there's so much to do with the co just the cooking alone. It's absolutely crazy, because you can just be like, oh, I have this mushroom that gives me shock resistance and then you're just like oh here's some meat you cook it together in like just one of those little pots that are around and boom it... shock resistant meat yeah and then you eat it and like barely anything can hurt you <laughs> yeah yeah but i did find out and this is very important to know you cannot mix abilities so if you try to cook one of the mushrooms that shocks and like a stamina a... Mushroom. Yeah, a mushroom that gets your stamina up, it'll just cancel each other out and give you hearts instead. Which sucks, because I've wasted so many, so many uh, ingredients just accidentally doing that. Because yeah. I keep forgetting, and I'm like, no! <laughs> like, no, you can't, uh, never mind, it's done. <laughs> yeah. Something else is cool is you can actually customize, you can get clothing that, uh, you know, gives you better armor, of course, there's clothing that gives you cold and heat resistance. Also makes you more static electric. Yeah, so if you are wearing metal, this just blew my mind. If you are wearing metal, if you have a metal shield or sword, if you have anything metal on you while there is a thunderstorm happening, you will actually start to, like, glow. Static. Yeah, it'll be like... Pssst, pssst. So you have to rip everything off, essentially, so lightning doesn't come down on you. <laughs> Yeah, you it's, got shocked a couple times. I there. did not, I never got hit with lightning. I just, it got to that point where it was like, it's really close. I was like, oh god! <laughs> yeah, that is something to keep in mind if you haven't played the game or if you've played the game and didn't know that was a thing. Just be wary. You can get shocked by lightning if you're wearing metal. They actually implemented that into the game, which, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's another enemy that's very notable is. Uh, the Lizalfos, which are like giant chameleons. Yeah, they freak me out. Yeah, they're really tall and they just come like, they're super fast and they can swim. Yeah. <laughs> so like, they're, they are literally, Rude. <laughs> yeah, they are the next step up from the Bacoblins. Because mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, Bacoblin, whack, whack, you know, beating the shit out of them. And then you see this lizard and he just comes rushing at you and is like, ah! <laughs> Terrifying. Bail. Bail. <laughs> you, you just run as fast as you can. 
or get a better sword. Another enemy that I still have yet to beat, and I know that there's a way to kill him, but I don't know what it is, um, is the Guardians. Oh, God, yeah. There's stationary, and then there's moving ones, and... Moving ones make you want to shit your pants. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, so, no, 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 stay there. <laughs> so they have this laser that can just destroy you in one hit. Yeah, you're, you're fucked. And it's like one of those like comical movie moments where like a red laser just goes straight to your forehead. That's what it is. Just, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> just fuck. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Yeah, and then the ones that can move, they actually, like, got the, uh, if you've ever seen Incredibles. Yeah. Like, the ball that has all the legs. Yes. Like, those, and they just come rushing at you. Oh. Oh, God, I hate <laughs> that. It's so creepy. But it was brilliant. Yeah. I gotta say, my favorite, uh, NPC in the game is the little scientist Pura. God, yes. I would like to mention that my notes right now is cute as hell scientist. <laughs> she is. She's She's got the body of a six-year-old, but she's, um... Like a hundred and... however... She's over a hundred years old, and she is just the cutest thing, because she's so sassy. She's just like, take a picture of me. Oh, look at me, I'm adorable! Like, she's fantastic! (laughs) Oh, and she's the one that's just like, yeah, I know I'm awesome. (laughs) (laughs) She's the friend that everybody needs. Yes. Oh my god, I love her so much. She is my favorite NPC. I love her. Yeah, she she fucks with you the first time you get there. It's just like, yeah, I'm here to see the scientist. And she's like, oh yeah, he's back there. You walk to the guy and he's like, oh man, I'm so glad to be her assistant. And you're like, what? She turns around and it's like, ha ha, it was me all along. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> she's just fantastic. I know. Yeah. You know, one, another thing. That I, I just keep going on to different parts of it. But it's so much to talk about in this game. Uh, but they did bring back the cuckoos, which are the chickens. Yeah, don't hit the chickens. They don't still do the, the they do the thing. If oh, you hit man. them, you get bombarded. You get three chances to walk away. And if you continue to hit them, like if you've never played Zelda, you get three chances to hit this chicken. On that third and final hit, fourth. Or fourth, that fourth hit, you gotta run. Because this yeah, chicken's gonna go, call ah, and then all just, of them. And then you'll just hear... It's chickens dive bombing you. Fantastic. It's and hilarious. I love that they did it. <laughs> yeah, there is a actual uh, little side quest in one of the villages you get to. I forget the village name, but this guy's like, I've lost my cuckoos. Like, uh, get them for Kakariko. me. I can't remember how to pronounce that. Yeah. And you get in there and he asks you to get them. So you run around town just, like, grabbing them and throwing them back into the pen, right? And uh, he... What I did find out was you can actually pick up a chicken and if you jump off a cliff, you can just, like, glide with them. And it's awesome. Yeah, that's actually... They took the... I mentioned that to him. While he was yeah, doing like, it, I was like, I wonder if you can still fly with the chickens. And he goes, what? And I jump and just, whoo. <laughs> you can glide with a chicken. The funniest just. That's how it went. every time I played it, you, you get the chickens together. And if one is at a high place and you can see the pen, you just jump. <laughs> yeah, literally. And 
it does take stamina to glide with them similar it takes the same amount if you used your paraglider yeah it's literally the same but it's just funnier because you just have a chicken go <laughs> as you're flying <laughs> what? What? yeah he's freaking out and you're just <laughs> uh so yeah that's that's been my experience so far with the game it's been such a fun time and i will actually come back to a part two next week uh next episode because i'm going to finish playing the game hopefully i doubt it yeah like (laughs) god i'm just going to i'll just be like i completed the map (laughs) (laughs) we did one portion yeah Ooh. Before I forget, I just remembered this. Uh, if you are traveling around at night, uh, skeleton versions of the enemies pop up. Yeah. And they're just like, they come out of the ground. And so if you are able to create a bonfire or find a bonfire at night, rest until morning. It's better that way. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, also the funny part in my opinion is that if you... If you do kill these things, you can take their arm and use it as a weapon. Oh my god, yeah, the it skeleton, really the bokoblin arm, because it's constantly moving. It's like, where's my head? And then you just beat the shit out of other bokoblins with it. <laughs> it's cruel and unusual punishment, oh. and I love it. Yeah. Alright, so uh, overall, I give that, oh, I'm gonna give it, I mean, a 10 out of 10. Perfect. It's, it is my perfect game. It is my perfect game to watch, too. And I'm just, I'm going to be that guy that rates everything super high. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah, but this game specifically just does everything. It hits every mark. It has the customization. It has the uh, exploration. It has that adventure. It has the puzzles. It has everything. Yeah, and it's got that classic, like, Zelda dungeon feel where you have to go and meet the people of the different lands. So you still have and the, Zora, the great and fairies. Have... Yes, the great fairies. Oh my God! You find them. You have to pay them rupees for them to activate, but then they just come out and they're ho ho. Yeah. That's oh awesome. my God! I love them. Oh. <laughs> I'll report more on them next time because I don't know how many total there are. So I'll try and find all of them. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, but with that, I would like to actually mention that we do have our Twitter. Google and Instagram all set up. You mean Gmail, but yes. Well, yeah, Gmail, whatever. <laughs> We're Apple so, users, honey. <laughs> yeah. So, Not a sponsor. So the Instagram handle is Page and Buttons Podcast, or you can look up Page Turners and Button Mashers. You can find it either way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, feel free to give us a follow. I usually, um, I'm the one running it, so I usually upload a picture of when we have an episode out so yeah feel free drop a comment say hi and you'll most likely get a response from me uh-huh uh, as far as the twitter goes it's also page turners and as in the ampersand Ooh. button mashers so you, you do have to look it up with that special and character but i run that twitter and I will most likely respond to you, like, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like having notifications, so it makes it easier on me yeah. to, like, have none. And uh, as for Gmail, just feel free to send us an email if you prefer. I usually check it once or twice a day. And I actually have it on my phone, so as I'm well. able to so. see it. Uh, so, 
send us the games you want us to play. Send us the books you want me to yeah, read. Yeah, please send do. Anything that you want to. You just want to say hi, we'll say hi back. Like. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, don't be mean about it because I will not tolerate it and it will be deleted. <laughs> um, so with that. I'm Tyler. I'm Nikki. <laughs> I was about to say I'm Nikki. <laughs> I'm Tyler. We hope you keep turning those pages. And mashing those buttons. <laughs> See you Bye, next guys. time. <laughs>